0: We'd like to take a second before this episode to thank our sponsor for this episode, Iowa Sports Supply. Iowa Sports Supply is locally owned and operated. and has been providing quality sporting goods, uniforms, and corporate apparel for high schools, colleges, corporations, and Iowa communities for over 60 years. With your next team or corporate need, please visit iowasports.com. The Shooter's Touch and Iowa Sports Supply would like to remind you to support local businesses and shop local this holiday season. This week on The Shooter's Touch, we bring to you our conversation with Jeff Horner. Jeff is obviously a very decorated high school basketball player from here in Iowa at Mason City, then moved on to the University of Iowa where he excelled there as well as the point guard for the Hawkeyes for four straight years. He played a bit overseas uh, professionally and then started his coaching journey actually here in Des Moines at Grandview University. From there he moved on to Valley High School where Brian was actually on his coaching staff for a brief bit and then moved up to North Dakota for a stint up there and now is currently at Truman State University as the head coach there. We talked to Jeff about Many things that are very, very nostalgic for us from playing in Future Stars to to watching him at state tournaments and then uh, playing against him in some of the old man rec leagues here in Des Moines as well. So had a great conversation with Jeff. We really enjoyed reconnecting with him and learning a little bit more about his childhood, his philosophies and some of his mentors growing up as a coach and as a player. We hope you enjoy this as much as we did. Here is Jeff Horner.
1: I got the shooter's touch. Can't nobody shoot like me. Fourth quarter
0: down three, need a two and one. Better call on me, better call on me. If you know you need a shooter, I'm ice cold like a cooler. Get you right though. Wack and This that might flow.
1: I'm a hooper. I got blue faces. Oh, blue
2: faces.
0: I'm Welcome back again, shooters. We have another great guest this week on the shooter's touch. Head coach at Truman State University, Jeff Horner. Welcome to the podcast, Coach.
2: Hey, thanks for having me, fellas.
0: We're excited uh, excited to have you on, excited about this one,
1: I'm talking a little bit uh, off-air. I'm, I'm anxious to get into this, but before we get into that, how's, that, how's the family, how the kids, how's everyone doing down there?
2: Uh, doing good. So school school for my daughter went virtual a couple of weeks ago, and so I'm actually on her computer that we were... <laughs> we got her so if you see the name sienna that's why um but we on that and got her a computer and she's doing good and my son's still been going to daycare and uh, has tonsils out a couple weeks ago and then went to the er because he hit his head and so in the same week and you know 2020 right i guess you could say <laughs> yeah dad's <laughs> no
1: dead life right there too that's for exactly. sure so um how's your brother-in-law any uh, any update on shannon obviously that's my guy so i gotta ask
2: well, you know, he's still he's still trying to do the financial advising thing. So he's uh, he's an interesting cat. So he's, he's upset that he's not been able to go to Iowa football games this year. But, you know, he's watching them on TV and um, he's, you know, he's he's talking a lot as usual. So there's, there's nothing new with that. No, never. I don't think he's ever stopped talking. I think he
1: has been constant talking. So but. Uh, no, that's good, man. Well, perfect. Uh, if you listen to the pod at all, we always like to start back uh, growing up, childhood. Um, yours may be a little bit different than a lot because uh, fairly recognized and noticed on the scene uh, once you got into high school. But uh, before that, when you were uh, a youngster growing up, what was the, What was the neighborhood like? Uh, what were sports like for you? And uh, how did you how did you fulfill that competitive edge?
2: Yeah, well, I was always kind of the biggest kid on the block. Um, I feel like I've been 6'2", 6'3", since I've been in like fifth grade. So uh, my teammates used to give me a bad time because I had a mustache in like fifth grade too. So uh, always kind of used to be the bigger kid, but always played around and played sports. We'd go down to our local elementary that we always play. There's a big field there. We played football. Uh, we went out and played baseball. We played on the blacktop um, basketball-wise, that type of thing. and and uh then you know obviously you get into fourth and fifth grade you know back then now it's like you got AAU teams when you're in like first first grade so um it was fourth grade and we went back then and played with the local traveling team and um, had a lot of fun doing that played with baseball teams uh you know as far as traveling teams go to and uh, we didn't start picking up tackle football until like seventh grade either so it was um you know i played every single sport loved to play you know every sport and i think it it really helped out with basketball uh, playing multiple sports that type of thing but you know growing up i was always kind of the the bigger kid like i said and um you know I was a little bit more athletic and more mature so um i was able to get the able to get up on a lot of a lot of kids that you know maybe were a little bit smaller and and took a little bit more time to mature so it was it was interesting i was jumping center and, and playing point guard (laughs) <laughs> um well, it was it was kind of cool but uh but yeah growing up mason city iowa yeah, i moved from lake mills iowa when i was in uh, when i was four years old and, and then moved to to mason city where my dad became the head coach there and uh i've lived there ever since and parents still live there and got two sisters who are elementary teacher or who are one's a high school teacher one's an elementary teacher and uh they've, they've you know raised their families there and everything too so uh you know mason city's always been. a a great place for me and uh, always go back and and enjoy the memories, especially growing up. You mentioned it. What was it like playing for your dad? Uh, It was, it was tough. So I think, you know, I always say my freshman and sophomore years, uh, I was, you know, pretty immature. And some people would say I'm still immature. Um, But freshman and sophomore years, I think it was, you know, it was kind of tough. You know, he would just, I think we both had a hard time leaving basketball at the gym Um, we'd bring it home quite a bit and be upset and uh, you know the first couple years we weren't you know, we, we had a decent team. Um, it wasn't like we were going, you know, undefeated or anything like that, but we were kind of hovering around 500 and, um, and me being the younger guy on the team, you know, I kind of had to earn the respect of the older guys, that type of thing. And, um, you know, but, you know, my dad would, we'd come home and, you know, he'd say this and that, and then my mom would have to tell us to shut up. So uh, it was, uh, <laughs> it was an interesting process, but, you know, my junior and senior year, uh, I think we kind of just kind of matured into what's going on how we could talk to each other as a, as a player and a coach and then be able to leave that you know on the floor when we came home and ate dinner um, but you know obviously when it when it was all said and done we had lost to Ankeny in the first round of the the state tournament and dad and me you know we're, we're in the locker room afterwards and we're the last two to leave and you know just end up hugging for about five ten minutes and crying and you know because you don't you know, when you're going through it, it seems like it's going slow, and then all of a sudden, boom, it's done. And so it was uh, it was definitely tough for, for both of us, for sure. Yeah,
1: one of the things, uh, you know, expectations uh, for you, obviously, as a coach's kid, it always changes a little bit. Um, and then for two, obviously, following, you know, Dean Oliver and that team that they had uh, and the expectations, you know, just from the community and um, the success that that team had, what, what was that like for you um, and how, if at all, was – Dean kind of inspiration or a mentor for you in any way?
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, Dean Dean was always my role model uh, growing up. Um, I always tried to hang around him as much as I possibly could, and they always had really good teams, you know, AAU teams, that type of thing. So I'd be around as much as I could. And then, obviously, he was a freshman. I think I was in like fourth grade or something like that, but I always kind of, you know, was hanging around at practice, those types of things. And then um, obviously when they won the state championships, his junior and senior year, um, I was in seventh grade, sixth and seventh grade and, and rode the bus and all that kind of stuff. So I was hanging around and, and trying to play guys and pig and horse and, you know, that type of thing and, and beating them, throwing up with two hands. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was awesome to, to watch those teams and then, you know, when I was an eighth grader, uh, my dad's team, you know, they went two state championships back-to-back. I think lost one game in, in those two years. And then uh, when I was an eighth grader, uh, they didn't win a game. So, <laughs> you know, it, it, it went. they went through a, a rough year, and then I kind of came in as a freshman, and we went, like, I think it was, like, 11-10 and 10 or something like that, and made to the sub-state final. And so, um, you know, definitely being able to watch those teams and follow Dean um, was just – something that not a lot of kids get, you know, get to, get to learn. And, um, you know, I just took as much as I possibly could in and, and watched him, watched his every move and I already worked and, um, you know, definitely took from that. Yeah, that was a fun, fun, fun
1: team to watch, um, growing up and that was, Mason City used to always come over at Christmas time and play, um, play Algona. Uh, those teams we would, yep. they would play over the scrimmage. Um, as then when we got into school, then we weren't, didn't do that anymore. And those scrimmages yeah. were a little bit, <laughs> Little bit different, but uh, it's so they
2: ended up playing like Garner, man, with uh, <laughs> Stromer and is freaking 610 dude, you know, no. at, at, at Garner. So it was one of those things, too. And and you know, that I'll, I'll always fight this. I think there was something on Twitter the other day, too, about uh, you know, the best team to ever come out of Iowa, and you know, I had to throw my two cents in there about. Being, <laughs> Dean's two years and that type of thing and obviously the Ames teams you know with Harrison Barnes are really good but you know it sounds like Waukee has got a you know, a pretty good, pretty good group this year, too, as well, so, but I'll always say Mesa City team, because they had two big dudes to rebound against Ames, so.
1: That would be a good matchup, just style, <laughs> the difference in styles, I mean, you take sheer talent, and then, you know, maybe it was sort out per basketball player, but a team, that team was special, and um, so, like I said, obviously, I knew and had heard about you, um, well, because you committed as a freshman, correct, did you? Yep. Yeah, yep. so you committed as a freshman. Obviously, knew who you were, knew what the deal was. Never had a chance to um, get to see you play. I think it was until your senior year. Um, schedules worked out. I think it was maybe a Saturday game or something. We came over to Mason City. You guys were playing for Dodge. Um, got in there. Place was place was going nuts. It was wild. It was packed. Um, so obviously, this is Stevie Clayton. This is Colin Pansy team. You guys were battling. It was guys going back and forth. And I remember it came out of a timeout and Fort Dodge has drawn up a back pick pick alley-oop to Stevie. Um, Comes out, he kind of floats, reversal, Colin at the top, sets a back pick, goes, throws it up. He's up at the block, like, I mean, up at the box and about ready to hammer. And you come in and two-hand this thing on the glass, rip it down, come down, take about three dribbles and pull about two feet uh, past half court and nail it. And I was like, okay, yeah, this kid kid can go. Like, it was (laughs) – That's when I – that's when I used to be athletic, man. <laughs> I tell you what, Ed, it was, I mean, you look, obviously, steals both high school, um, where you're at, college, well, I mean, sneak, sneaky athletic, right?
2: Yeah, you know, I, not a lot of people know that uh, once, once I got to Iowa my freshman year during that summertime, I was playing in the primetime league and uh, ended up, I broke my foot, um, and I played on a broken foot pretty much over half the summer. And, uh, you know, it was kind of one of those things where it was sore, then I wake up and I'd start doing stuff and then I'd loosen up a little bit. But um, I was actually at home playing in a in a neighborhood slow pitch softball tournament. And I finally went to my dad on like that Monday when I was home for a couple of weeks from before school started. And I said, Hey, I can't I can't walk anymore. And we went and got an X ray and then had to get a pin put in there. And I had put on some weight and I just kind of feel like ever since then it was like my athleticism just never kind of came back, you know? So, cause I used to be able to, I used to be able to dunk pretty easily. <laughs> you know, but
0: I, I, was, I was just going to say, coach, I wish I had a story like that to say why I'm not <laughs> athletic, <too. laughs> but, but I don't.
2: You were a better shooter than me though. So there you uh, go. That's,
0: that's that's definitely debatable. <laughs>
1: Hey, Coach, so who did, obviously, your time um, in the state, there was a ton of good basketball players. And who did you end up playing with? Did you, did you do Martin Brothers, or who would you play with in the summers?
2: Yep, I did uh, I did Martin Brothers. And so we had, like, it was me, uh, Bruner, Nate Funk, Ben Jacobson, um, Str- Brandon Stromer, Sean Wunkus, Josh Powell, um, James Ebert who was on that team. Mike Henderson was on that team as well. So um, I also played... A couple years before that, I ended up playing with, like, uh, the Iowa Coaches Association had a team and uh, played a couple times with them as well, and so that was kind of, it was kind of a weird deal how all that kind of stuff was going on as far as, I like, think they were trying to make an AAU team, and then you have, like, Hank Huddleston, who they were trying to take it away from him, and that type of thing. And so, like, Kaluska and Tyler McKinney were on that, and Jared Holman, and so, I played with a, a bunch of different dudes, but I would say our, our Martin Brothers team was was stacked. I mean, we were really good and, and you know, with, with Bruner and Ben Jacobson and Nate Funk, you know, obviously dudes that all play. And then, you know, you got Sean Wonkis and and uh Josh Powell went to Drake and uh Stromer played at Winona State and they won a national championship there. So it was uh, a lot of a lot of really good guys that we played with and a lot of really good talent too
1: i think and i think we talked about it on the pod i think there was one of those future star shootouts where you and Bruner somehow finagled uh, your way onto the same team down at uh, drake and it was just i mean it, obviously that's just whoever has the ball is gonna shoot it type of situation but uh that was something uh those were fun too those camps those those shootouts those one day things and you guys always find a way to get on the same team
2: yeah as, lo- as long as we weren't fighting going back and forth you know one of us was getting a shot up for sure <laughs>
1: That's good. Did you play? Did you play baseball in high school, or did you do any other sports in yep. high school?
2: Yep. So I played. Uh, I played baseball, and then I uh, didn't get to play in my senior year. Uh, had to go. Had to go to uh, Iowa City and take classes, that type of thing, and and work out with the team, playing the primetime league, and uh, so didn't get to play my senior year, which kind of stunk because we had a really good. We had a really good baseball team. Um, we were like 26 and 12 the year before that, and um, and we all we always seemed to run into Jeff Clement uh, at Marshalltown, who you know was a heck of a baseball player, obviously, and so we always had really good battles in high school because um, I was I was our best pitcher, and and uh, so I'll never forget my uh, my junior year. He he took me deep. And they beat us two to zero, and I thought it was going to be a double, and it just kept going over the fence. Um, so it was just he was an amazing athlete, amazing amazing baseball player. So I uh, did that, and then also played four years of football, too, as well, and uh, started off at quarterback my freshman year on the varsity and uh, made my first start against Valley, who had, like, ten dudes on defense that went Division One, and we got beat, like, 44 to 10 or something like that. So, it was, it was tough, but, uh, it was always a pretty good free safety. And, and that probably would have been, you know, if I ended up playing football somewhere, that's probably where I would have ended up at. I like to hit people. So that was, <laughs> that was my thing, um, and then ran track too, uh, did the high jump, long jump and ran some 400s, those types of things. But, um, you know, so got a little bit of everything in and I liked, uh, like you know, being able to do that because all, all my buddies were out for all those sports, too. We were a small 4A school, so it's kind of like being at a smaller 1A school. Like all, all the guys had to, you know, they had to go out if we wanted to be good and compete.
0: We both come from smaller schools, too, so it did kind of the same thing. And, you know, with with, with me, very similar um the baseball side I, I played baseball four years too and had to head up to you and I for uh you know obviously summer school and prime time league as well I remember they had a they they had a rule that you could only be a, or that you could only you could only play as a pitcher for 9 innings um a week or something and so I came back two or three different times to play in a tournament and pitched 9 straight innings and then just got out of there and probably went went to work out with the basketball team after
2: that. So Man, I needed, I needed to get that deal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You just got to got a the coach a little bit. And I was like, Hey, yeah. I'll just come in I'll pitch and I'll leave. How about that? <laughs> yep, yep. Iowa um, and what the biggest uh, transition was.
2: Yeah. I think, you know, going through, going through high school, you know, obviously I thought, I thought I was a really hard worker. Um, and then, you know, going from, you know, and and probably not in high school, you know, not a lot of people probably worked as hard as I did, um, you know, on our team or anything like that. So I get. I think the thing about it was when I was going to Iowa, you know, I was expecting like, hey, everyone's going to be in the gym every second of the day and and just live there. And, you know, sometimes that was true. Sometimes it wasn't. But, you know, it was uh, it was one of those things where you know, all of a sudden practices were just extremely difficult, and you know it was it was hard. Your freshman year, you're going through it, and at one point you hit the wall, and you're like, "Man, am I even playing basketball anymore?" You know, so um, just just obviously the speed of the game, that type of thing. Obviously, I was pretty I was pretty well you know, versed with Iowa City, going down to Dean's games and just going down there for basketball camps and, and getting to know everyone. But, you know, my freshman year was definitely a big-time learning experience for me. And, um, you know, I was extremely lucky uh, to be able to start, you know, every game my freshman year. And, you know, now it's like if people don't start their freshman year, you know, it's like oh, I'm just going to transfer, you know. So it, uh, it was definitely a, it was definitely a tough uh, – you know, tough transition, but in the end, it, it made, made me stronger and, 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 you know, led me to have a, a pretty good career.
0: Yeah, for sure. And you're exactly right with, uh, the, um, uh, what they call it now, the transfer culture. You know, if you're not, not playing your freshman year not playing enough, you know, just go find somewhere else to play. But, uh, what would you say got you through that time? Uh, you know, you mentioned hitting the wall your freshman year, you know, a lot of players do that, whether it be freshman or sophomore year, they hit, hit a wall where, you know, it's, it's, it is a lot of, Hey, am I even playing basketball right now? I don't really know what I'm doing. What, what got you through that? Was it just hard work, you know, just continue to get in the gym or did you talk to somebody, a mentor or anything?
2: Yeah, it was, it was definitely, uh, you know, you, you, you know, you focused on the hard work, you, you worked even harder. And, and nowadays, you know, you kind of think, well, maybe I should have just taken a day uh, to recoup with my mind, you know, that type of thing. But um, in the same sense, I also had three sisters who played college athletics as well. And so, you know, I was able to call them up, you know, call my dad up, who's obviously a coach too. And and they got me through those tough times. And, you know, even you're away in in just Iowa city, which was, you know, two hours, two and a half hours away. You're, you're a little bit homesick when you know, when you're struggling because when I played basketball, you know, it, it affected my everyday life just like it does most D1 athletes where if I didn't have a good practice, I was down, you know, that type of thing. But, um, you quickly learn that you have to get over that and you got to, you know, it's just like moving on to the next play. And, uh, you know, eventually it got me through it and I was able to take some time off after my freshman year. And I actually ended up having uh, ankle surgery and knee surgery um, that summer after, after my freshman year too, as well, because it was just um, sprained my ankle, you know, at one point during the year. And, um, you know, I think I shot like 20% from three or something like that my freshman year. So, that that should tell you, you know, it was just it was just a weird time, but in the end, you know, like like what you said, you know, obviously relying on family and, and just hard work really got me through those times.
0: Yeah, you know, definitely a support system helps uh, you know, a a young athlete like that. Um, you know, not just on the basketball court, but getting through tough times like that. It's so good that, uh, that you uh they had that. You know, and, and you know, looking back through uh, you know, records and stuff like that, you know, walk us through some of your years there. You just just mentioned a little bit about freshmen. Um, how about sophomore, junior, senior?
2: Yeah, my sophomore year, um, we came out, um, we, we you know, we had some injuries that year. We had some guys get in trouble too that really kind of hampered our, you know, just our, our team and it happened our freshman year too as well. So, uh, you know, we ended up going to the NIT both of those years and um, it was one of those things where you know, it, it kind of it really kind of prepared us to have a good junior and senior year, and it was it was hard. You know, obviously, you know we kind of have the peer peer situation where that happened, and then you know he was obviously a big time talent, um, best player on our team. It, it wasn't even close. You know, so at some point you lose a guy like that. You know, you got to completely relearn how to how to play the game. Um, you know, without your best player. So uh, sophomore year struggled a little bit, but um, you know I think that was one of those years where. Um, I actually, you know, played pretty decent my sophomore year, it felt like. Um, but, you know, our team, you know, I would have traded the, the team accolades for, a, you know, for a, any at any point during that year. And then my junior year, we're, we're in first place in the Big Ten, and, uh, you know, Pierre gets in trouble and, and gets removed from the team. And, and I think we lost like five straight or something like that after that. So we finally just kind of came together and we're like, hey, guys, like, you know, it's time to start doing our thing. We make a run in the big 10 tournament where we, we beat Purdue. Then we beat Michigan state who went to the final four, final four that year. Um, And uh, Wisconsin beat us on like a buzzer, like a half court buzzer beater by Orlando Tucker uh, to, to knock us out of the big 10 tournament. But uh, we we ended up making it to the NCAA tournament played Cincinnati, probably couldn't have had a worse matchup in the entire NCAA tournament. I mean, they were, Extremely athletic, long. Uh, you know, I mean, they made Duck Thomas kind of look unathletic at times. So uh, that, that kind of
0: that year with Maxil and like Muhammad played for
2: them too. Yeah, and James White and James Eric White Kicks. was there. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So I mean, they it was. Long. Yeah, James White was guarding me. He's like six, seven, six, eight point guard. So I was like, you know, <laughs> getting a shot off that game was interesting. But uh, but yeah, so played them, and then obviously you know senior year. We came out and we, we ended up finishing second in the Big Ten that year but beat Ohio State at our place um, the one time that we got to play them and uh, unfortunately you know had a le- bad loss in Minnesota that year that probably cost us the Big Ten uh, regular season championship uh, went into the Big Ten tournament as as the two seed and and ended up you know playing some tough games and uh, made to the to the Big Ten uh, tournament championship against Ohio State who we, that's who we wanted to play. You know, they obviously, they finished, they won the big 10 that year and we wanted to have a chance to go against, you know, who, who they thought were, you know, the big 10 champs. And we ended up beating them twice that year and, and won the big 10 tournament. And then, you know, got the three seed in, in the NCAA tournament. And, uh, you know, obviously, um, you know, tough times against Northwestern state, you know, they, they make a shot at the end of the game. And unfortunately for us, you know, boom, your career's done. And, you're back crying in the locker room, but uh, it's definitely made me a better person. I think about it probably almost every single day, you know, losing that way and having it end your career is just, you know, it's heartbreaking for sure. And it's heartbreaking for fans. And it's, you know, it's just a, it's a tough, tough thing to take, but in the end, um, you know, life moves on and, and, and you move on from there.
1: Well, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you brought that game up so we didn't have to, but um, I remember... I figured,
2: it, I figured it was getting brought up at some point. <laughs> yeah, well,
1: it, it, it's kind of, you talk about the successes of the 06 of your senior year, um, and we'll get into some of those guys, a lot of Iowa guys that you played with, uh, you know, born and raised. And so we'll get into that. But yeah, a lot of success. That run that you guys went on the Big Ten tournament was awesome. Um, obviously, super hyped going into the tournament, getting the three seed. Uh, I remember me and my teammates, all my buddies, uh, that, that was a morning game. Um, and I, cause I remember we all ended up skipping class to stay home and watch that in our duplex <laughs> there in Waverly. And, um, you know, back and forth, obviously super intense. And then, yeah, the inbounds played under the basket and we all were throwing stuff off the wall. And it was, uh, it was quite the emotional roller coaster for us as fans. So I can't imagine, um, uh, putting in all the time and uh work that you did to to, to see it end and not the way well, we, that you we, anticipated. We
2: we played you guys that year too, right?
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah.
2: I knocked I knocked my teeth out. Yep, you know, Well, now exactly. you're stealing.
1: Now you're stealing my questions at the end. But I was going to ask you, yeah, about your chip tooth against Warburg. Like, what do you think of? I mean, especially against, especially against Wartburg where we were just. I mean, you guys were just cruising um, until at the end when you're like, okay, now we're going to separate ourselves, and then you got you <laughs> hit the, diving on the ball and you know diving for the ball, chip your tooth. I wondered what your thoughts on that were.
2: Oh yeah i got uh, i got a i had well it it took out both my front teeth, so um and I ended up getting i was up, i was at the dentist all night doing root canals so oh, and then i had and then I had to go to class the next day missing my two front teeth so it was <laughs> <laughs> it, it was it was an interesting night to say the least did you wear mouth,
1: to, did you wear a mouth guard after that then
2: yeah then I had to wear a mouth guard after after that, and I absolutely hated it so Being a point guard and trying to talk with one of those things in your mouth, you know, I finally got used to it, but it took me a while to get to get used to it, to to keep it in your mouth and try to speak with it in, and all that kind of stuff. So it was it was rough.
1: (laughs) Maybe that's where Steph got it from watching you play back in college, right?
2: (laughs) Well, you know, that's something that he can take from me. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: Well, you know, Brian Brian mentioned it here, Coach. You um, you know your teams and you know, specifically the last couple of years at Iowa. You know, you had a had had a lot of the Iowa presence there on on that team. Um and you know, we talked about it before where your class, you know, coming through high school was really, really good class coming through. Um, and, you know, Iowa did a great job of recruiting the state at that time and had some had some really good players come through. But um I mean if you could touch on a little bit about how how important and you know how how um how, how that was playing with all those Iowa guys, you know, just having the roots back in Iowa and, you know, all um, I guess, convening at the university of Iowa.
2: Yeah. You know, I think um, obviously, you know, Steve Alford got the job, I think going into my freshman year and I was at a future Star camp in in Drake and that was the first time he saw me play and um, ended up extending an offer. And then um, obviously played AAU with Bruner, um, you know, for, you know, for a ton of years and, um Bruner was a little bit smaller actually Greg and I were both point guards in like eighth grade and so he finally grew to like six seven um or maybe six six four you know whatever (laughs) whatever the fans whatever the fans want to believe but uh but yeah and so we we played and um you know I told I told Alford I said look I was like I go, Brunner is one of those guys, I was like, he just gets the job done and he's a lot more athletic than what you think too, as far as, you know, jumping and that type of stuff. And and um, and then, you know, Alfred ended up extending the offer. I can't remember if it was sophomore or junior year, but you know, and then obviously Greg jumped on it uh, right away and, and you know, so we knew we were gonna be roommates and teammates you know, for four more years after that. And obviously Mike Henderson played with us for a couple years, um, on Martin brothers, even though he was a year younger than we were. And then obviously you got a guy like Adam Luska who made the wrong decision right away. And I tell him that every single day, um, and then made, made his way over to the good side, I guess you could say. Um, and, and so I knew, you know, I, I had gone to a couple of AU tournaments with Adam too as well. And I'll never forget, you know, uh, he called me one day during that summer, after our freshman year and i didn't have his i didn't have his phone number um in my phone and i actually it was a 712 number so i thought it was ben jacobson just uh just messing with me and uh (laughs) and i was like you know and he's like oh no this is haluska and i was like dude it's the sioux city number and he's like well it's over in Carroll, and you know this and that and i was like all right man i was like you know i was like obviously like you know, get over here, you know, that type of thing. And he wasn't very happy, you know, his freshman year. And, and, uh, you know, we don't really need to get into that. It was just, you know, playing, playing for Eustacia, I think was pretty tough for him. um, Like it, like it was for anyone. So, um, and he came over and then, you know, you got guys like Alex Thompson and, and those types of things. So, you know, we had a we had a lot of Iowa guys on our team. And like you said, you know, Iowa did a great job of recruiting that, you know, as well as obviously you and I. You know, you and I, I think, does a great job of recruiting the state of Iowa and, and those two schools, you know, I think really do a good job of that.
1: Well, you also – because Carlton, you you caught – Carlton came over from East too, right, when you were there? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yep. wick justin wick obviously iowa kid too uh, on the roster um brownlee obviously gotta play yep, with jack brownlee, yeah.
2: So. <laughs> so yeah there was yeah i mean there was just a whole plethora you know of iowa dudes glenn worley you know was on there too sean sonderleiter um you know so we just you know and and the good thing about it was is that we all we all got along so well you know and that was it was just like they're all they're all just great dudes and, and fun to be around and you know Obviously, um, you know, a couple of guys moved on after that, that type of thing. But, you know, that's just that's kind of college basketball, too, in a little bit. But it was uh, it was fun being around those guys. And, you know, I've, I've actually seen Alex Thompson and Carlton Reed, uh, you know, since then. So it's, you know, all all is good. And, you know, you grow up and you move on and those types of things. And, uh, you know, it's just it's fun to see those guys again and see how they're doing.
1: It's one of those things, and obviously, you probably understand even more so as a coach now. But the, the chemistry in which that you—it's almost impossible to create when you have those guys that you know obviously grew up playing together, come from the state, or have you know similarities like that. That uh, uh, it, it probably bodes well to the success that you guys had. Um, obviously, you got to be a really good basketball player, but when you can be a really good basketball player playing for the team that you watched growing up, that you wanted to be a part of, be a Carver, be doing it together—that uh, obviously a good recipe for a lot of success.
2: Yeah, no no doubt. I mean, obviously, I grew up a Hawkeye fan, you know, watching BJ Armstrong, uh, you know, Chris Street, Jess Settles, A.C. Earl, Kenya Murray, you know, all those guys, being being able to see all those guys play, and just the tradition, and, you know, I still remember waking up and hearing the news about Chris Street, and, you know, I just, I was in just utter shock, you know, and, and started crying, and you know, felt like I couldn't go to school that day. I mean, I mean, that's how much I was ingrained in, in Iowa sports, you know. And, um, and so to be able to, I actually won the Chris Street Award my freshman year. And like, that was, you know, one of the best awards I've, I'd, I'd ever win um, in my entire life. And so it was just, um, you know, Iowa basketball, you know, was the thing that I just loved growing up and watching. And then obviously you get a mentor like Dean who goes there, you know, like we talked about earlier, and uh, has a great career that he does. And, um, you know, it's just, you know, it was just, it was hard not to want to be a Hawkeye and, and make a decision early. And, and uh, you know, I'll always be a Hawkeye for sure.
1: Well, good. And, I mean, we talked about it, obviously racked up a, a ton of accolades while you were there. Um, maybe the one known, obviously, is shooter and scorer, shot a lot of threes. Like I said, got a lot of steals, a little bit of that sneaky athleticism. Um, but then most importantly, assists too. I mean, you mentioned it, your point guard setting things up um everyone probably thinks about scoring in bunches but uh you can pass the rock a little bit too and distribute and so um after that you had an opportunity to play uh professionally for a little bit um but then came back uh to the Des Moines area here and and got into coaching um I think you started at Grandview did you do something weren't you over Grandview for a little bit I was
2: actually I was a volunteer assistant um at West Des Moines Valley that year and then um I was actually I was a uh I got paid a little bit of money at Grandview, but pretty much made nothing that first year of coaching. So because it was a, because it was an NAI school, not a lot of rules at NAIA, I was able to go. Uh, I was able to go back and forth between the two, which was which was really good. I just wanted to be able to get my foot in the door with, with coaching and and, um, and you know learn as much as I could.
1: And then the Valley job comes open, or how does how does the transition to you get in the position at Valley happen?
2: Yeah. So I was actually, I was, I was a volunteer assistant under Willie Thornton. I'd, I'd called him up and um, actually what ended up happening was my wife and me, we just absolutely love West Des Moines and uh, still love West Des Moines. Uh, You know, I, I like if I retired today, that would probably be where I moved. So um, we ended up, uh, ended up, you know, moving there and i we knew we were going to move down there so i contacted willie thornton who was the head coach there and and then contacted dennis schaefer at grandview and i just said hey you know if you guys have any openings i'd like to you know get my foot in the door and it was kind of in like september october type place because i had went overseas that year for about two months ended up getting cut um had some injuries never fully regained where i needed to be and so uh and so i kind of got back i got back late in the fall a little bit so I was kind of like well let's just move there I'll try to find what I can find if I can get a volunteer then great you know whatever and um, was the assistant at Valley and and uh, actually what happened was after that year um, the Valley job came open and I was actually in contact with Fran McCaffrey about being a grad assistant at Iowa um, that year and Basically, it kind of sounded like from a sense that, you know, Todd Licklider had gotten rid of the graduate assistant spot there. Um, And then Fran was kind of trying to fight fighting to get it back. And then he didn't know what he could give me, you know, could he pay for my school or anything like that? And, um, you know, at that point, you know, I I had some money saved from from playing overseas, that type of thing. So um, but I was also sick and tired of moving every single year (laughs) so you know i was kind of like well let's apply for the valley job we'll see what happens there if if all else fails hopefully i get an interview and get some experience um that way and then you know uh brad rose about the ab from valley called me and was like hey we want to offer you the job and i was like oh man now i got a decision (laughs) you know so uh so then you know i called fran up and i was just like hey you know what's you know what's what's going on and he's like he goes well he goes I definitely know that you know you can be a GA here I just don't know if I can pay for your school or anything like that and you know so then I just told him I said you know coach I was like I appreciate the opportunity uh, but you know my wife and me you know I think are just going to stay here and because you know in the end you didn't know well what if I finish my two years of grad school there and then you know now it's I'm a high school coach somewhere else you know you could be right back to the same thing in two years. And, um, you know, but in the end it was, you know, coach McCaffrey was awesome to me. Um, he's still been awesome to me till this day and, um, it's really, you know, helped me out with a lot of things. And, and so, um, you know, I ended up taking being a head coach at like 26 years old, you know, at one of the biggest high schools in the state of Iowa was, was definitely, you know, an eye opener for me and, um, you know, had a, had a good, had a good run there. And, and, um, actually my point guard right now is his name is Turner Scott he's he's here at Truman State um so I coached him in at Valley and you know we we met up again so small world I guess you could say
1: yeah well uh, I definitely want to touch on Turner obviously I had a chance to coach Turner when he was an eighth grader uh in the yeah, yeah. program so um yeah I get, can't, can't speak uh, highly enough of Turner and I know how uh of a kid in a family that he comes from but um so taking the taking the valley job like you mentioned obviously big program um but high expectations too obviously um i had some kids peter Jack would have been came the year after or when when did peter come over yeah
2: so uh pete came it would have been uh he was he got there my second year at valley so he would have um he would have been a he's going to be a junior in high school that year so Um, you know, I'll, I'll always remember that, um, you know, it was, I think it was the week of the state tournament, and, um, his, uh, you know, his, his, uh, Mike Nixon, uh, you know, uh, called me and, you know, just said, Hey, you know, Pete might be transferring to Valley and, uh, you know, along with my, you know, my son, Peter Nixon. And, you know, I just, I told him, you know, Hey, that sounds great contact our athletic director I was like I'm not I'm not getting in trouble because I I was like I knew I was gonna take heat for it you know if that ended up that did end up happening and you know the tough part for Pete was that year was that he uh you know he hurt his knee um and then you know that that whole year um just couldn't couldn't move on it you know I felt I felt bad for him and you know finally regained you know some of his what he had his senior year and had a great year and so it's uh But yeah, it's a you know Valley was was a great job for sure.
1: Yeah, no, that was uh, had had been a lot of fun. Obviously, I was um, you know partially a part of some of that, and so it was it was fun to be uh, you know coaching in your program. But one of the other things too, we got to touch on is your staff that you had at Valley. I mean, (laughs) you, you brought some dudes in, like it had to have been just a blast hanging out with those guys.
2: It was, it, it was, a good time. You know, I had, uh, we had J.R. Angle and Jack Brownlee. And so it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And then, uh, some guys that, you know, were on the staff at Valley before then, um, Kevin Pierce, Josh Fry, a guy named Zach Sinram, um, you know, those, those, we still have a group text going today where we just give each other crap, you know, all the time, but, uh, you know, obviously after you, you go out and, and whether we won or lost, uh, hey let's go out and have a beer you know or maybe too many beers um but (laughs) (laughs) it was it was always it was always a good time with those guys and and you know it made it made going to work every day fun and and uh you know just getting to do it with with some of your best friends was awesome and then obviously you know like you were talking about we had our youth program um coming up and i was trying to get a a feeder program going into the valley um that type of thing but obviously the aau things you know around the state and especially around des moines were getting so big at that time that you know we got some kids that you know maybe wanted to keep playing basketball or want to try to get better and we really focus on you know the fundamentals and obviously you being a coach in there having your experience was awesome for for us too, as well, but it was uh, it was we we had a great time at
1: Valley, no doubt about that. <laughs> that uh, that team that uh, you hooked me up with was uh, pretty special. Obviously, those guys yeah. had been going <laughs> on and, and winning the the state championship their senior year and uh, um, went to their sub state game and and actually got to talk with some of them and some of their parents afterwards. And um, I'll definitely take they were they wanted to divvy out some credit, and so I was taking it. I was like, yeah, <laughs> it was eighth grade. Well.
2: That's that's it. <laughs> Well, that, that, that was the thing, too. You know, I think that was that was what was hard is I think it was after Turner's sophomore year. You know, we finished second in the state that year. And uh, I think we were like – I want to say we were like 17-8 and eight in the regular season and, and really just kind of, you know, started playing really well at the end of the year. Played Ankeny Centennial in the sub-state final. Um, and they had beaten us by 40 over Christmas. And so, you know, we did some things. Uh, you know, we junked it up. Triangle into two, boxing one, all that kind of stuff. And then we, we kind of just – we kind of did that, like, the last, like, three or four games of the regular season and then kind of kept doing it, you know, throughout the playoffs. And we kind of caught lightning in a bottle. And, um, you know, that that team was special. And I knew once once after I left that, you know, with Quentin Curry and Carlo Marble and Turner Scott, I knew when I when I left those guys, I knew they were going to win a state championship at some point. So, um, and I was just – I was super stoked for them when that happened for sure
1: special special group of kids too because one very similar to your growing up i mean those guys you know reared in they had football players playing basketball because that's just what they did i mean they were they wanted to be with their friends they wanted to work hard they wanted to have a good time I mean, obviously Turner Scott, just an unbelievable player, but always the smallest guy on the floor. But you would never know it. Always had the biggest heart. One of the best <laughs> leaders. I mean, that dude. Uh, it's, like I said, with him as an eighth grader, didn't matter what tournament, where it was in the state, whenever we walked in, he was the best player in the gym every time. And he was at that time four foot nine, maybe, yeah. and just <laughs> killing dudes, like just killing dudes too. So it well,
2: was, you yeah, I mean, he'd walk into the gym, and you'd be like, oh, whose whose little brother is that? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and, well, and, and then he go. Out and go to work on people i loved it well so, especially
1: uh, when we had a curry who was a seventh grader at the time he was like 6-3 and then reardon was yeah. you know he was all of 6-2 and then you have a little four ten is getting all the buckets so
2: yeah, was,
1: yeah exactly. that was a special team but uh yeah it's good to see those guys uh obviously get a state championship and then um obviously on to uh on to maybe not better but bigger things for you and in, in your <laughs> career path and what you wanted to do um seem to see a trend here where we keep following dean um, and found yeah. your way <laughs> up in the up in the north dakota uh, how did that come about
2: well uh when i was at iowa uh, one of our assistant coaches was brian jones and um i believe that he uh he left i think the year after i was done to go be the head coach up there um and then you know they were d2 he took them into the d1 era uh and then obviously you know new dean because dean had played a couple years under that staff as well and you know dean went up there but uh you know brian had asked me to come up and be the director of basketball operations about two or three times and so kind of finally after that third time um you know, I just, I talked to my wife because she has a job with, it's called the ITA group in, in West Des Moines. Um, and she was luckily able to um, work remotely from home, which was huge for us because obviously I knew if I was going to go up there, I was not going to make very good money. And I didn't, and <laughs> I didn't, didn't get any, you know, health insurance or anything like that either. So, um, you know, her being able to keep her job and then, you know, get benefits, that type of stuff um, from, from you know her company was huge for us so finally you know I just told her I said well either I'm going to be a high school coach the you know the rest of my life and that's okay or you know we're going to take this chance you know which 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 way are we going to go here and um you know like she said I I just don't want you to regret anything and and it was hard to leave though you know obviously leave like you said those kids were great kids and I remember telling them you know that I was leaving and it was definitely difficult, uh, to do that because, you know, you had grown, you know, so close to everyone in that community, uh, parents, players, um, you know, you're getting the youth groups going. And so it was, it was really hard to leave, but, um, you know, I felt it was just kind of my time to, um, to go up there and, and try the try, try the college coaching route. And, um, You know, it was one of those things where it was was – it was a good move for me. And then, you know, the following year after being the director of basketball operations, I was moved into an assistant role and, you know, was able to get on the road and recruit, which I think is, you know, one of my strong points. And so, uh, you know, just just learning a lot throughout those four years. And we had a – you know, we ended up winning the Big Sky regular season one year. Uh, And then we won the Big Sky tournament and played Arizona in the first round, which I still always tell people after watching – I don't know if you guys have seen the scheme – on hbo um great great documentary by the way but i think that we should get that win back against arizona
1: (laughs) (laughs) no man you were up there for four years I, i guess it doesn't feel like you were you were up there and gone that long so four years there obviously like you said uh took a lot um of information learned a lot and then um obviously at some point i know two things one that uh you want to have your own program. I know you want to be in the front seat in charge, but two, then I know that you also want to start to get uh, back here south, at least central Iowa. And so what did the the, um, job search look like for you? And when did you know, like, hey, I'm ready, or did you know, like, I'm ready to have my own program? And then what what was it like uh, then finding and settling on the Truman position?
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously, when, you know, at four years at Valley, obviously, you're running the whole program, you know, um, and you're the head guy, you're making all the decisions. And now you're going from that that position to be a director of basketball operations where, you know, I'm more worried about, all right, what, what meal are we eating tonight, you know, type of thing. So, um, you know, that was difficult, but obviously it was a move that, you know, I felt that I needed to make. And then actually after my first year up at North Dakota, um, I interviewed for the Wayne State job, um, in Nebraska and was one of, uh, four finalists up there. And, and, um, you know, I thought it was a good opportunity to, you know, to further my career. Obviously I was, I wasn't sure if I was going to get to be an assistant at North Dakota yet because no one had left or anything yet. And so, um, you know, didn't end up getting that job, but got to interview, which was, um, you know valuable experience for me for sure and then end up being named assistant later you know later that that year so that was that was really cool but yeah I just I knew um you know took the next couple of years didn't apply for any jobs and you know really really liked it up there um you know Grand Forks North Dakota it's very cold but I really I really liked uh the city um you know so it was it was definitely awesome being up there and obviously we, we came back, we played Iowa one year, we, we played and a couple of times too. And so, you know, being able to come back and, and be in that area was, was definitely awesome for, for us. Um, and, and was able to recruit, you know, quite a bit of Iowa kids uh, while I was up there too, as well. Um, so got back to Iowa quite a bit, but you know obviously I wanted to to come back and and um, you know be closer to home and you know when you start having a family, that type of things, like you know grandparents want to be able to see their grandkids and that kind of thing. and so you know living in the frozen tundra where you're about you know a mile from Canada uh, you know was it wasn't ideal, but you know in the same sense it was a, it was a great time up there and Um, Truman State job came open um, and actually the Minnesota Duluth job um, came open as well and so ended up interviewing for Minnesota Duluth job and you know Justin Wick ended up getting that job and then uh, I think it was like the very next day Truman called and offered me the job and I was like oh yeah you know like let's go and you know and the rest is kind of history and um, you know the funny thing about that is actually uh, after my first year when I was at Valley uh, Matt Woodley asked if asked me to be the assistant at Truman State, um, you know, and I just, I couldn't leave at that time with those, you know, with those guys coming back and everything. It just, you know, wasn't the right time to move for me. So, um, you know, ended up back at Truman State and uh, here we are.
1: That's funny. Yeah. Uh, so a couple things. One, I now that you say that, I remember talking to Shannon, and he was telling me about that Duluth position, and it sounded like maybe selfishly was trying to talk you out of going way up there. He's like, "No, get down here, <laughs> get get closer." And so, yeah, when you brought that up, and and this completely could be rumors too, but uh, um, this is the Iowa conference rumor mill that I'm a part of. So we're saying, "Hey, to Horner to Horner to BV," and I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> "Like, I couldn't imagine him in that league. Like, that would be." That would be scary for all these schools on the eastern side of the state, but um, yeah, I
2: did. I uh, that that yeah, it was, it, it was that was a crazy, it was a crazy month in my in my life, uh, you know, because Truman State came open, Minnesota Duluth had kind of taken a while to to get going, and so it, that all kind of ended up at the same time, and then in in that time, uh, you know, BV was open too as well, and so I interviewed there, um, you know. It. I don't want to say anything but you know I you know in the end I probably had the opportunity to go there and you know ended up you know all right well you know what's what's a better you know move for the career that type of thing and you know nothing against Buena Vista like it was awesome there like if you know I, I definitely wanted to be a head coach and you know unfortunately if those other two positions you know hadn't worked out, you know, I would, I would have been in, you know, I would have been at BV for sure. So, but, um, you know, it would have been interesting to, to see how you can recruit without any scholarships or anything like that too. So, uh, but you know, it was, uh, it was definitely a, a, crazy month of my life uh, as far as job interviews and, and that type of thing so i'm just hoping that you know if i if i ever get another job again i they just asked me to come instead of having to interview a million times <laughs> <laughs>
1: there you go you mentioned it though recruiting one of the one of the uh big areas and obviously the difference um and what you're able to do and you talked about the knowledge in which that you gained and um being up in north Dakota on the recruiting side of things big part of what you have to do still obviously down um where you're at at Truman it, it takes uh being out on the road and finding these guys and um you know you you guys have put together some good teams but you keep bringing in some good talent um you know things keep progressing forward and more specifically and tying it back to the shooter set here we like to talk about Iowa basketball you keep pulling all these kids out of Iowa to come down and uh play for you down in Missouri
2: yeah well you know I was uh I think Bloomfield is only about 30 miles from from kirksville uh missouri so you know iowa border is is definitely right there and uh, you know obviously iowa is definitely a hotbed for for truman State. um you know obviously with it you know upper iowa is the is the other d2 you know in in Iowa or the only D2 in Iowa, obviously. And then you got, you know, someone like Northwest Missouri state who has, who has some Iowa kids too has a, a great program and Brooks runs a great, great program in up our Iowa too. So, um, you know, you're definitely competing with those guys and we, we try to do our best to uh, recruit Iowa kids. And then, um, you know, obviously we, we get Missouri kids and, and we really look into Illinois. So we feel like if we can uh, get, you know, those three, those three states we we really work on it but uh you know we just signed four kids from iowa here <laughs> a couple of weeks ago and we feel like you know it's a really it's a really strong class for us as well and um you know we, we got a lot of really good players in that class and we're excited about it but yeah we we hammer home the iowa thing man so we're, we might have a roster full of Full of Iowans and Missouri. I'm not. I'm not sure how people are going to like that down here. So we'll see. As long as, long as, long as, we, as, long as we win, I'm not sure people will care.
1: That's right. I was going to say, as long <laughs> as you're winning, and I don't think that uh, that's really going to matter. But um, yeah. So how? So what? If anyone who hasn't seen Truman uh, Truman State play basketball, what's your philosophy? What's uh, maybe how has it changed over the years? Obviously, as coaches, we're always learning and growing. And um, adapting to the kids and you know you have the ability obviously you can kind of foster that by recruiting kids that fit your system but what is it that you like to do um, as a program
2: uh, well you know it's definitely changed a little bit since I was at Valley you know when I think when you're coaching high school kids you know you don't necessarily get to pick your team or recruit the kids that um, you know that you necessarily want in a sense but uh, you know some people would would differ that you know <laughs> valley doesn't recruit i guess so um <laughs> but you know it's, high school was 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 interesting in that sense where you know you you had to adapt to the to the kids that were there and i thought we did a pretty good job of that and then when i was up at north dakota i learned quite a bit defensively um with what they did with the pack line uh matt woodley uh came up there and, and did a lot of stuff and so i learned quite a bit from there and then when i got to truman state you know one thing that I really learned when I when I watched their games, you know, going for the interview and then watch games after I got the job was that they could really score but they couldn't really guard. And so that was something that you know, I felt if we wanted to win championships, I think defense is going to win championships because the ball's not going to go through the net every single night, um, you know, the way you want it to. But we can always give the effort on the defensive end. So we, we've really established things on the defensive end. And, you know, the kind of the way I put it with our guys is, hey, let's get stops on the defensive end and then let's let's fast break on the other end. And, and you know, if you're open, shoot it. If we can get to the basket, let's let's, you know, get to the basket get a quick shot up but let's get a good shot up that type of thing and so we really play fast but we we really um take into account on the defensive end of the floor and I think that's why we we've been really successful and I I think that's really where I've grown as a coach is is on the defensive end and um you know I think you know I think the guys will tell you I'm a player's coach offensively but you know the one thing I always I always preach is just give me your best effort. You know, you're going to miss shots. You're going to turn the ball over, um, but give me your best effort. And uh, you know, like I say, I never want guys looking over their shoulders. You know, is this a bad shot? If I turn it over, is coach going to take me out? That type of thing. Um, You know, so in a sense, if, you know, if a guy turns it over three times in a row or or misses about six or seven, you know, three point shots, I might say, Hey, let's get to the basket or, you know, (laughs) take care of the ball. But uh, in the same sense, you know, I want guys to, to be able to play free. And we recruited those guys for a reason. And, and that's, that's why they're here.
1: Obviously, uh, you run at a high competitive level. Um, we've had the chance to run into each other's city leagues and boxing, <laughs> coaching. And so I know your level of competitiveness. So how do you, how do you instill that in your practice? What do you do with your guys to make sure that uh, practice is competitive um, every night that uh, you guys
2: show up on the floor? Yeah, we do we do a ton of competitive drills. Um, you know, everything that we do ends up in uh, you know a down and back or a, you know if a team wins, you know they get credit for this, and we keep we also keep a number of wins during practice too in drills to keep that going. So then guys can see you know oh dang I haven't I haven't won a drill and you know this long all right what do we got to do today to keep that going and you know to keep the competitive edge I think is huge and um you know believe it or not I've actually I've actually calmed down a little bit um as far as that goes uh you know in 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 my mind I might be uh thinking something different but I've tried to I've tried to cool it down just a little bit especially in those those leagues that we all used to play in um you know I was kind of a I kind of I kind of gave the referees too hard of a time. <laughs> well,
1: and I I was going to mention it earlier when we were, you were talking about the the staff at Valley. I the, I remember the games at halftime when you went in with the sport coat and came out and there was no sport coat. I was like, I can't <laughs> wait to hear what Jack or somebody has to say about that halftime that halftime speech.
2: Well, you should ask them about the uh, more about the uh, the the whitehead boards that I <laughs> that I broke. So you got to look at that and see if anyone comes out with one in the second half. So some games we didn't have, we didn't have a replacement. And so you drawing stuff up on your hand.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm sure that maturity played a part in that and kids, kids probably play a part in that too. I know you got obviously a couple and, um, you know, it's, uh, it's funny how much kids change it, but yeah, I mean, that, I, I know that, uh, I talk about all the time, Brian and I talk about all the time, but those leagues were, uh, very fun and very competitive i thought we had some very very good uh old man teams in that yeah. in that era of rec league here here in des moines
2: i always say that man when we you know aspen aspen was like one of the best leagues i thought you know i was like dang i was like this is this is actually <laughs> really competitive basketball and it's awesome it's, it was awesome though you know and so you know you got guys going up there and and so it was just it was a lot of fun to play in and then i played i did you ever play it we play at Valley sometimes like in the mornings, like, and you also like, those were really good games too. And like, it was just a lot of really good basketball with a lot of really good dudes in, in that, that time. So that was, that's one thing I definitely, I definitely miss you know, you know, kind of being here, they don't have a lot of that kind of stuff or going up to North Dakota. They don't have a lot of that stuff. So that, that's, that's one thing I, I extremely miss is being able to play in, in leagues like that for sure.
0: Yeah. That, uh that Valley Southwards league um, in, in the morning, <laughs> not, not necessarily a league, but just a, a bunch of dudes just want to play basketball. I think actually COVID is the thing I think that finally killed that. They, yeah. I, I, I stopped playing about a year ago, but I know that they, they kept playing and um. Yeah. That that was going on for a long time. But yeah, very, very competitive. Bunch of old college players, bunch of really good players that probably never never played college, but just good, good basketball at six AM.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, six AM. I remember getting up at like five o'clock A. M. taping my ankles. Yeah. So, and then and then after and then after I would then after I'd play, then i have to spend all day at school, you know. Dealing with ninth graders in the in the in the gym and and uh, falling asleep at about two o'clock in the afternoon. So. There there was one time
1: uh, where I played I played over in Altoona Altoona League and I think you were playing with some of the Grandview guys and I think that was a oh, Sunday yeah. Sunday night deal. So you show up with the Grandview guys Sunday night, okay, or whatever. Here we go. And then I think Tuesday night we played your team in, in Aspen. So like I'm like, great, I got Horner two days, two out of three <laughs> days here. I gotta go up against Horner. Like, what the hell is going on here?
2: I was just I was just trying to stay in shape, man. So it was it was one of those things where I was like, gosh, I mean, you guys know how it is. You get, just seems like you get older and then it's like it's just harder to keep that bad weight off for sure
0: <laughs> yeah there were there were there were times before family that i was playing four or five nights a week and you know after that probably took a couple days to recover but uh but yeah well worth it better th- better than running on a treadmill i feel like
2: for sure. yeah for sure. no <laughs> doubt no doubt um, yeah
0: <laughs> well coach we we like to end our podcast with a section we call rapid fire um brian's gonna ask you some fun questions and uh just let us know what comes to mind right away
2: all right sounds good
0: (laughs) all right here we go first one this is usually
1: uh, one for us probably easy for you what uh, is your favorite visiting gym or arena that you've played or coached in
2: uh michigan state
1: Sparty that's a good one I I thought you were gonna try to trick me on the question because you'd mentioned how North Dakota went to um Carver and so I thought you're gonna try to carver <laughs> in on me man. well we
2: are we always got our butts kicked at Michigan State but it was always <laughs> it was always a uh, crazy place to play for sure
1: <laughs> who's uh who's the toughest guard you've ever had to guard
2: uh Darren Williams
1: oh yeah those teams we actually just saw some how that team was crazy like with yeah, D. Brown exactly. and Aaron
2: and Augustine,
1: like pfft.
2: Well, you look at you look at his body type too, he's kinda unassuming, and then he's just they uh, just get a shot off whenever he wanted. It was crazy. <laughs>
1: Bad dude. So um what's the place in Iowa City that you have to go to when you're back?
2: Ooh. Wigan Penn.
1: Mm, that's a good one. <laughs> a Real good spot. They, they got some talent at Wigan Penn.
2: I was gonna I was gonna maybe say the union, but it closed down. So <laughs> also a good choice there, that's for sure. Um you have a favorite
1: basketball shoe? Ah, uh,
2: I was I was you know what? I was never really into shoes. Uh, but I always like wearing uh and and that's the thing is like this is how it tell you I'm not really into shoes. I, I always like wearing Jordans when I was in, but I couldn't tell you which ones were which, like what numbers or anything like that
1: what um so two-part question on this what was the deal with haleska's shocks those uh, nike shocks that he wore at iowa that were like five years old those white and black ones i heard stories of him like hand sewing those himself because he wanted to keep wearing those ones any any truth to that
2: (laughs) i i'll tell you what i've known him for a long time i haven't heard that one uh but that definitely would not surprise me
1: I had to get him on the pod to clear the air with that because he wore those whatever they were those black and white shocks that were I mean obviously you guys had new team issued stuff that he could have been wearing, yeah. but he just kept wearing those those shocks I mean they were sweet but uh yeah I'd heard like I said I heard that he was doing his own maintenance on them to keep him going.
2: that would not surprise me whatsoever <laughs> That's good. what's uh what's the
1: best best basketball movie ever uh Hoosiers that's starting to run away with it on the pod here We're blue right.
2: blue, blue chips close second
1: I, underrated see, I like blue chips too I think I like I, blue that's, yep, that's got to be a yeah. good one
2: I also i also uh my sisters and me always watched uh the pistol when we were when we were growing up quite a bit too, so I really like that movie.
1: Yeah, no the pistol. That one came up. We had uh, Chad Jillac on the pod. I think that was the one that he said always oh, always yeah. get, always gets thrown in on the uh, on the bus ride. So maybe that's a Mason City thing on the pistol. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> um if you're on uh, who wants to be a millionaire, who are you putting down for your phone a friend? Haluska. Ooh, he's got that random knowledge.
2: Oh, yeah. He's he's one of the smartest guys I I've ever been around and just knows just stupid stuff.
1: <laughs> i thought maybe jr was gonna get that uh distinction no
2: uh jr's gpa at uh, iowa wasn't uh, wasn't up to snuff <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: that's great um when adam and i finally get a chance to come down to uh kirksville to watch a game where do we got to go uh to get a bite to eat and maybe some libations before we show up to the game
2: man that's a that's a good question um i would say the Dukeham inn it's called uh but that's closed right now because of covid um so but if if i had to pick one spot i would definitely say that's that's the spot they got good burgers they got good beer too so uh you can't can't go wrong with that
1: well we'll just assume by the time we get a chance to head your way that everything (laughs) will be back to normal so we'll we'll have to jump in there quick but yeah um well, good. Then, last one here, Coach. We appreciate you jumping on. But uh, this last one here, what's the best thing about getting the opportunity to be the head coach at Truman
2: State? Um, the, you know, the best the best thing about that is is uh, just the, the kids I deal with every single day. Um, not a lot of people know uh, the academic uh, stuff that goes into getting into Truman State. I mean, a lot of times we're recruiting guys that, that have to have about a 3.5 and a 22 ACT to get in, um, you know, which, you know, in, in the same sense, you know, it hurts you a little bit, but, it, but you also know that you're going to get, you know, really good kids um, off the floor that you don't have to worry about that type of thing. And, and they just come to come ready to work and practice every single day. And there's, there's really no complaints or anything like that. So um, uh, just the kids that I get to coach is is uh, you know just a joy to be around every single day, and it makes it it makes it easy for me and awesome.
1: well, good. i I know that one thing doesn't make it easy is obviously this pandemic that we're going through and everything that you guys are dealing with. And so obviously, our fingers are crossed. We're hoping uh, it sounds like hopefully Friday Sunday coming up here on the schedule, you guys get a chance to play. We'll be following along uh, with your journey watching uh, how you guys do and and wishing you guys all the best.
2: Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun, for sure.
0: Yeah, it was a great catching up, Coach. As Brian said, we're we're going to be hoping that everything kind of goes off as, as close to normal as it can for you guys. So, um, we'll And to our out. listeners, uh, as usual, wherever you catch your podcasts, if you like what you hear, we appreciate a five-star rating. You can catch us on any social network, on Facebook, search Shooters Touch, on Twitter and Instagram, at Shooters Touch IA, and our new website, ShootersTouchPodcast.com. And as usual, shooters shoot. shoot. shooter's touch.
2: Yeah. Can't nobody where ball like me. No, 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 no. Blue face, hundreds, oh, hundreds, oh, hundreds. That's really all I see. That's how that's. I, I don't really speak too much. Ain't about check I don't talk for free. No, no, no. Try to walk a day in my shoes. Yeah. don't matter if the cost G. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a shooter's touch.